0: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam filming in front of a live studio audience. We are a belly of Sports Podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you doing?
1: LJ, doing fantastic. Happy opening day. Uh, it's just great to be able to... Uh, watch baseball all day for the next six months so you know very excited and we have quite a bit to get to on the show today three news topics and then we're giving our award predictions and playoff predictions Uh, a lot to get to so lj you want to jump right into it
0: yeah the um trade at least at least one of the trades that we all knew were inevitable for the San Diego Padres finally happened. They send Chris Paddock and Emilio Pagan to, excuse me, to Minnesota, not Milwaukee. I'm watching Milwaukee, to Minnesota in exchange for Taylor Rogers and an outfielder I'm forgetting the name of.
1: Uh, Brent Rooker. Uh, I've never yes. heard of this guy before. Yeah, so, and the Padres are getting sick, uh, I think a little over six million dollars from the twins um it's basically just to uh, cover taylor rogers salary uh and you're right this is something that we knew was inevitable to happen the padres had way too much starting pitching uh at the current moment and especially after trading for sean Manaya. so why not trade a 26 year old chris paddock and you get some help in in your bullpen that i think uh you know is really going to help them out because they were I think I even uh, said on the show yesterday, they were they were certainly uh, not the best in that uh, area.
0: No, and I'm not sure it entirely solves that. Taylor Rogers, good reliever. He's not the stud that you're looking for here. He isn't the clear closer. He doesn't walk on this team and immediately take over that ninth inning. I still think it's st- very, very open. But just the fact that Emilio Pagan was on the way back also, just kind of, if I'm a Padres fan, I get a little frustrated because it's a very minor step up that you're taking by going Pagan to Rodgers rather than adding, full-on adding another piece to this bullpen.
1: And now with the Twins trading for Chris Paddock, LJ, they, you know, are clear Winners in the American League for this offseason, especially now with all these moves that they made getting Carlos Correa, Gary Sanchez, Gio Rochella, uh, and now Chris Paddock. Uh, they are really trying to build something there and respect to them for seeing an AL Central that, you know, we don't think is going to be very strong, at least this year. And, you know, why not try to go for that extra wild card spot? Because they certainly can do that.
0: Oh, they certainly can. Again, there's a lot of flexibility with this roster and overall they just they keep making it better. I mean, Chris Paddock slots in here. Now you're talking probably late in the rotation, but still he's going to be in this rotation. And that's something that they desperately, desperately needed. Really, since Kent and Maeda went down, they've lacked that ace. They've lacked depth even when Maeda was there. And, And Jose Barrios, of course. So Really, now you've got an opportunity where you've got a lot of guys that could break out, could have a resurgence season here, guys like um, Dylan Bundy. You've got Sonny Gray, who's going to consistently be decent. Who knows? Maybe we're going to see something really special out of Joe Ryan this year. And then you get Chris Paddock fully. I feel he's secure into this rotation for now as well. Whereas even all right, with the exception of his rookie year, Chris Paddock was never secure in that Padres rotation. They were always looking to, you know, keep getting better in the last couple of years. There was no guarantee that he was going to get playing time. He was not going to get those innings. He wasn't going to get those starts. Now he's in a spot where I feel very comfortable for the rest of this year. He will go every fifth day.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think that's great analysis there by you uh, that I'm honestly We're really optimistic on this Twins team this year. I think I took their over yesterday, and uh, I would not be surprised if they somehow get that last wild card spot in the AL. Uh, I know the AL East is going to be really tough, but we've seen crazier things happen. Let's now move on to a big extension that the Pirates made. They extend Key Brian Hayes, eight years, $70 million. Uh... The Pirates finally make a good move, honestly. Uh, you know They had talked about wanting to trade Brian Reynolds this offseason, who was their best player last year, an all-star starter, I believe. Uh, and you know uh, Key Brian Hayes is one of your top uh, young players. Honestly, one of the top young players in the league. Has a lot of potential to be in that upper echelon of third baseman, uh, which is so such a strong position to begin with and for the pirates to lock him up for 8 years uh it's finally a good move by them uh you know keep a guy that you know we everyone can see has so much potential to be unlocked why not extend him for 8 years and at a bargain too 70 million dollars uh i think he could end up being severely underpaid uh, as we see guys like ronald acuna on a contract similar to that or even a guy like wander franco who is probably going to end up being super underpaid with the deal that he took but you know why not take that deal if you're if you're uh uh if you're key brian hayes
0: well let me put it to you this way an 87 ops plus last year 689 ops with uh six home runs that's not great that is not very good but again he's still young he's got a lot of potential i'm not trying to argue that point but let's say he stays here or he gets a minor increase offensively at 24 years old he was already one of the better gloves at third base he was already one of the better defender defenders at that position i could easily see that part growing much more than his offense could i think his ceiling or excuse me not his ceiling his floor is something around what we're seeing out of Matt Chapman right now, where the offense is, you know, middling league average, but he's still going to give you that great glove at $8.75 million per year annual value. That is an absolute steal for that type of uh, performer. So no matter what, I don't see a way that Pittsburgh doesn't come out of this winning.
1: All right. And the last thing we wanted to talk about another top prospect getting called up to Uh, start opening day and it is C.J. Abrams of the San Diego Padres Uh, in the past few days we saw guys like Spencer Torkelson, Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez all get called up uh, to their 28-man rosters I guess is what it's at now to start in April Uh, and you know C.J. Abrams another infielder for the Padres where it seems like they might have a bit of a logjam there but the number three overall prospect in baseball uh fangraphs has him as a 60 potential value on the 2080 scale so could be a severely impactful player uh for this team in the future uh and you know with guys like manny machado jake cronenworth has young kim uh all on this team He's going to be certainly battling for playing time, but he is one of the top prospects in the league, and you would hope that uh, he can add some some value to this uh, Padres uh, starting nine, which already looks really good.
0: And this is another guy I think has a really high floor because he's, always, he's going to be the type of guy that's always going to find a place in the league, again, as long as everything we've seen so far matches up. This is one of the faster prospects – In the league, I believe. Let me check. Yeah, he's got an 80 grade for his speed currently, and he's also a darn good when it comes to -to bat-to-ball skill. So those types of things, you're always going to be able to find, at minimum, a bench role in this league as long as you'd like one when you have those type of skills, especially when you have that type of speed. Long-term, he's not a shortstop, I don't think. Defensively, it would need a lot of work, especially when you have Tatis there but he's going to find his way in the league no matter what.
1: And also, you know, you look at the fact that the kid is 21 years old, right? He got drafted in 2019 out of high school. And this is somebody that, you know, it's a bit surprising that he does get called up because LJ, he's only played 44 games above rookie ball in the minors. Zero games in AAA. Uh, sure, like we see what his uh, physical abilities are, but I'm really interested to see how he uh, fares against uh, the... It, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like the, the pitching now is so much better, and especially in that NL West, I'm interested to see how he fares against that.
0: Well, I don't think it really matters how he fares. The important thing is he gets the experience because this doesn't have to be a permanent thing. We're talking yeah. about a a 28-man man roster. This team already does have other infielders that can play. I mean, keep in mind, you're pushing ha Kim out of the lineup to play this guy when he plays. And that's not necessarily always the best thing. But Fernando Tatis is also going to come back, whether that coincides somewhere near the move to 26 men. I don't know, probably not. But either way, there's a lot of situations early in the season where they could take him off the roster without it looking like, oh, he's not ready for this. Overall, the PR and his reputation can still be saved. It's very there's a very big cushion for him right now.
1: All right, well, let's get on to our award predictions. Uh, we're gonna run through. AL MVP, NL MVP, both Cy Young's and the Rookie of the Year awards. Uh, LJ, we're going to start off with AL MVP. Uh, would you like to give your pick?
0: Um, if I can just get a second to pull it up. Yeah. Um, I ended up going with Vladdy Guerrero Jr. I have uh, his odds plus 500. That's a um, certainly a great, great spot. Realistically, We got to set this line here. If Shohei Otani plays a full season, he's the MVP. My question is, I'm not sure I can trust a guy doing that double duty to stay healthy every single year. That makes it very hard to pick him for anything in the preseason. So I go with the next best option, a known quantity, a guy who is everything he's done so far has shown that he'll be consistent. And if he doesn't grow more, he's going to be able to stay at that same level. So give me Vladdy for MVP. However, I will also say um, value pick here, plus 5,000, Jesse Winker. I like that a lot. Plus 4,000, Carlos Correa. I also like that.
1: Wow, plus 4,000 for Correa seems a bit crazy considering I think he led the MLB in baseball reference war last year. That's that's crazy. Um,
0: I think what a lot of people are counting on too is the fact that Minnesota is not going to be a very relevant place. But realistically, if they're not relevant, if people don't care, he's going to get traded. He's going to go to a contender. And he's going to make a difference on a contending team by the end of the year. He's going to be able to have plenty of opportunities to get that like MVP clout. He's all. He also is the second best player on his team right now. To yeah. keep in mind which is also a good pick if you can trust him to stay healthy.
1: I went with Aaron judge at 15 to one odds, simply a value play here. Um, Do I personally think that Aaron judge will win the MVP? Uh, No, but I think that he'll be around that, you know, three to eight range where he ends up uh, finishing in most years. It seems 15 to one odds was really good to me. Um, I, I agree with your take on Otani. Uh, Look, if he plays the whole year, he's obviously going to win it. But uh, I think that it's just so much wear and tear on your body. I mean, sure, this this guy is a superhuman, as much as we like to say that. But at the end of the day, um, I, I just don't know how that's sustainable for season after season. But we'll have to see. All
0: right, Brandon, who do you have f- for your nl mvp
1: so i also went with like kind of a weird pick here i went with ronald lacuna jr now i know he's out to start the season but i have him at plus 550 odds uh i thought that was really good considering uh guys like soto and harper were such short odds i was surprised by that um Another guy I like here is Trey Turner. I think he was maybe plus 800 odds or something like that. I'll have to pull it up here, actually. But um,
0: uh, Trey Turner is plus 1,400 on Vegas Insider.
1: Wow, okay, plus 1,400. I like that a lot, actually. those. So that's, that's great value to me. Uh, I just didn't like how short uh, the odds were on Harper and Soto. Yeah,
0: either way, I mean, again, I'm not a betting man. I necessarily wouldn't pick my number one guy based on the odds that's why I ended up going with Juan Soto this guy is going to have to do everything in his power to get it is the issue because no one's going to pitch to him with that being said he's going to have the craziest stat of them all this year it just feels inevitable for him to end up at that 500 550 on base percentage territory like those insane on base years it feels like one of those is coming and it very well might be this year as he just keeps getting better and better. I'm, I'm ready for the big one for Juan Soto. Other than that, looking at other value, I like Pete Alonso at plus 2,800 a lot. I think overall, again, his game grew so much going in, going through last year, getting past that sophomore slump that he had in 2020 and I really think he's primed to go for a 45, 50 home run season here. And if he does that, if the Mets stay at least close, Ooh, that might be a shot. No, it's not even close. I'm not, my eye is not trained again. My eyes tra- kind of needing to get um a little more finely tuned to baseball and to the uh, fly balls here on opening day, as Patrick wisdom comes in to score in this Brewers uh, Cubs game, Brandon, I'm not we're, I, Am I on a delay for you, or are you on a delay for me?
1: Uh, you're on a delay for me. I'm a I'm a bit ahead of you. Um, I'm already okay. into the next at bat. Uh, that's why I wasn't I wasn't saying anything. Um, but Al Young.
0: Al Young. it's Shane Bieber's to lose. Plus seven hundred I have here. He is probably the most talented and most trustworthy pitcher in the NL or the AL, excuse me. I don't see the capability to win this award coming from anyone else. Robbie Ray, that was an outlier season. Lucas Gilito, I'm definitely not not trusting him all, to be all there. Neither do I really like Dylan Cease. That name just doesn't jump out for me for that. As much as I'd like Justin Verlander, too, I'm kind of surprised at how high his odds are to start the year. And, again, I'm not going to buy into Garrett Cole until he actually puts together that season. So it's Shane Beaver for me.
1: Uh, I went with a guy that you said you can't trust. I went with Lucas Giolito for the second year in a row. I picked him last year to win the Cy Young. Picking him again, all the StatCast stats are there. Um, it's about time that he puts together a consistent season. It's going to be his age 27 season. Uh, you know he's got that fastball slider changeup mix that is just so nasty. And the ERA, even though he had some really rough stretches last year, still three point five three over two hundred strikeouts. He ha- he averages over one strikeout per inning. Uh, and at ten to one odds, I really like that uh, for him. So I'm going Giolito for the second year in a row. I it, for me the AL Cy Young. Uh, Honestly, both Cy Youngs feel like it could be like somebody out of nowhere, just like we saw Robbie Ray last year.
0: Robbie Way?
1: <laughs> Do you see what happened in the game, LJ?
0: Yes, yes, I just saw Nico Horner hit that home run. My fantasy team is not passing the vibe check right now.
1: Yeah, you have Corbin they Burns. They're failing quite right. Hardly,
0: hard right now. Um, not feeling good right now. But NL Cy Young, as we talk about the reigning Cy Young winner, I'm going to go ahead and start here. It's the exact opposite of the AL for me, where I was like, there's only one name I can trust. There's only one name that jumps out to me like, oh, I think this guy legitimately could win it. I'm looking down this um, odds list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm seeing at least eight guys that I think have a realistic chance of winning the award this year. So it's kind of a flip a coin, roll a dice. This is walk, Walker Buehler's year, I guess. Plus eight hundred.
1: I don't mind that at all. Um, I think Jacob Degrom still has a reasonable chance to win yes, the award, very. Um, e- even if he only pitches from like the middle of May on. He still has a reasonable chance to win. Uh, really weird. I don't know what's going on with Scherzer when he's going to be able to pitch. But the Mets are starting Tyler Miguel. <laughs> on opening day i just i don't know what's he, going on with he them. he should game.
0: be he should be starting game two yeah if i'm correct
1: okay um
0: they just didn't want to rush his uh push him up for any for no reason
1: makes sense especially because well, uh,
0: if i'm correct did, didn't his last start of the preseason not go well
1: uh yeah i don't think it was the best honestly um but you know can they just stop with the injuries? Like, can we just just say no? Yeah, just no, no more injuries. Um, for for my NL Cy Young pick, I went with Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, last year in the ninety-first percentile of chase rate, the expected ERA in the eighty-fifth percentile. Uh, just another guy who had a really, really good season in twenty-seven starts. I mean. He went 11-3 for the people that still care about wins and losses. 3.03 ERA is solid, 1.1 whip, uh, also very good as well. He's got a five-pitch mix that uh, is really good, and I think that the Giants, even though I did take their under for wins this year, I still think he could certainly uh, win this award at 13-1 to odds. All right,
0: Rookie of the Year, Brandon, you want to start this off?
1: Yeah, we Actually, both took the same guy. We took Spencer Torkelson of the Detroit Tigers, the number one overall pick in 2020. Uh, I think I said it this on the show the other day. He just has light tower power, uh, 70 grade raw power on the 20 to 80 scale, 70 grade game power, 60 grade hit tool, uh, and his little bio says. Arguably the best college hitter in the last decade. Torkelson's bat carries his profile entirely, but it has elite potential. That's all you need to know. This guy is going to be unbelievable. So uh, I'm I'm, I'm going with uh, Spencer Torkelson at plus 450 odds. But I will say the AL Rookie of the Year race is wide open this year. There is a bunch of guys I like. Julio Rodriguez. Adley Rutschman in there and I'm probably missing quite a few but uh I love uh, yeah
0: you are list. you are missing quite a few Bobby, Witt,
1: Bobby Witt yeah
0: <laughs> um I also of course took Spencer Torkelson look in my opinion I've seen two projections here for his home run total I've seen 29 and I've seen 20 I take the over on both of them in a heartbeat Wow. This guy looks like the type of guy, like again, everything I've seen, this is the type of guy who could easily hit 30 his first year. And it's not like that's something we haven't seen done before. I think that's, he's the type of guy to do it. You talk about the depth of this group though. There are guys on here that I really like, I think would win easily in any other year, but for one reason or another are almost completely out of the running because of how good this class is. Mainly, Shane Baz at plus eleven hundred, and Tristan Cash is at plus three thousand. I honestly, I would have taken Cash's here, especially with that value. I still think he's a good value pick because this guy's going to be fantastic. However, he's probably not going to come up until May, and you would need Bobby Witt, Spencer Torkelson, Julio Rodriguez, and Adley Rushman. Really, also, yeah, yeah. That, at least, at least that group to all have a disappointing start to the year to all start off their rookie year slow for, and him to completely like clear through it for him to have any chance. I think because you have so many guys that came up opening day, which hasn't been the case in most other years, it's going to be very hard for any of those guys that don't come up to break through.
1: All right. Well, for my NL Great play
0: by Colton Wong, by the way.
1: Yes. That was an unbelievable play. Uh, one of the best second baseman in terms of uh, of a defense in the last ten years, uh, just super underrated guy in general. But I feel like NL- most
0: second basemen are underrated.
1: Like <laughs> Them,
0: that, it, it gets no love, and it's a real shame.
1: My NL Rookie of the Year is Bryson Stott of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, look, the guy's a left handed hitting shortstop, which you don't see very often, and he has. Quite a bit of pop, too. This guy, uh, I don't want to get crazy with the amount of home runs he could hit, but I think anywhere between like 15 and 18 is reasonable uh, if he has a good season. And he can kind of do it all. He's really nice in the field. Uh, he's got a little bit of speed. He's not going to strike out as much as uh, some of the other power guys will. And at 8-1 to one odds, uh, I really like that. I think he has a lot of... Uh, Protection in that uh, Phillies lineup now that they have Castellanos and Schwarber, along with Harper and Real Muto, a bunch of guys in there in general, uh, and could actually get a bunch of RBIs too, which I know some people still like to 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 look at that when it comes to awards like this. So, uh, yeah, I think at eight to one odds, uh, Bryson Stott is really good value.
0: I went. I end up changing my pick very late. In this process, just because I was like, all right, let me be realistic with everything. It really should be say a Suzuki at plus three eighty. And watching this game, I don't feel bad about that choice because he really he's already looking sharp at this point. I know it's one game, but the poise that I'm I'm seeing out of this guy, a true professional that we're getting here, he shouldn't have an issue as long as like again, barring health. I what I've seen so far in one game. He has the mental – looks like he has the mental makeup to be able to pull off this type of thing, very similar to a lot of these other Japanese players who are considered rookies but have been professionals for years. Outside of that, I think really good value. I like Seth Beer a lot from the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is another guy who's just a hitting machine, fantastic offensive production they're going to get from him. In a lineup that's just going to constantly get underrated and looked past, by every single team they play the rookie dh for them is certainly going to get looked past too they've got him in the seven hole right now for today's game but the way i see it he's talented enough to end up in that top five by the end of the season
1: i mean it's rookie diamond backs we're talking about it you don't have to be you don't have to
0: do you don't have to do much but again, like. I think this guy, with the offensive production he has, being able to DH, which was what really kept them from bringing him up last year, he probably would have been up by July if the Arizona Diamondbacks had the opportunity to have a DH every single week. So this seems like a good opportunity for him, but if we're talking about lineup production, there's no one better for that than Joey Bart. You know, you're taking over for Buster Posey in San Francisco, a team that just won 107 games and you've basically been ready for the past, like, two years. Really, the team's just kind of been waiting for Buster Posey to get out of the way to let you come up and let you take those reins. So I think he might be the most overpolished prospect that's coming up in the NL this year. And that could serve him very well in this. It's
1: a good pick. I didn't even think about a Joey Bart. I like that a lot, actually. Um All right, that's it for our awards. Um, Time that we run through our playoffs, uh, the teams we have winning the six divisions, our wild cards, our number one and number two seed, and then our World Series picks. Uh, LJ, should we just both give our division winners first for uh, the six divisions? Yeah, you
0: can go ahead and give ours.
1: So I have... The Blue Jays, White Sox, and Astros, winning the three divisions in the American League. In the National League, I have the Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers. LJ has the same for the American League as me, Blue Jays, White Sox, Astros. And for the National League, he has... Where is it here? It's the Braves, Braves Brewers, Brewers and and the Dodgers. He has Braves, Brewers, Dodgers, so... The only difference. So the only
0: division the only division winner that we have disagreed on so far is the NL Central.
1: Uh yes, that is correct. And then for my three wild cards, I took three AL East teams, Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox. I think we could see four AL East teams make the playoffs this year. Uh you know, I still think that there's Potential for a team like Seattle to certainly take that spot away from the Rays or the Red Sox or whoever it is, but I think the AL East is going to be uh, ridiculously strong this year, and that's why I got three AL East teams there. And it might be a little biased, but I, I just I don't see it any other way.
0: Yeah, I went with the Red Sox, Yankees, and the Mariners. It's very hard to get three teams in. And ultimately, you have to have a very clean season. Everybody has to have a very clean season for that to actually be a reality. And the way the Rays are going to start off, I'm not sure that happens. I like—I really like stirring up this hot take that I've been running, but it would not shock me to see the Rays at the bottom of the AL East standings at the end of April. Like That's how bad this pitching staff is going to be talent wise they're probably the third maybe the second best team in this division but with the injuries they have with the unknowns they have i think this is going to be a really rough start for them and one they're not going to be able to recover from
1: all right well the my three wild card teams for the national league i have the mets padres and brewers elda
0: I went with the Mets, Cardinals, and Giants. At this point, that last wild card spot, it's kind of just a matter of preference at this point, right? I mean, I feel like those two teams are very close together.
1: The who?
0: The Giants and the Padres.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Talent-wise. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to come down to which team, honestly, has a better pitching staff. I think the offenses... Are pretty similar, maybe the edge to San Diego, but uh, it's gonna be a great NL West a uh, battle again the whole year. I'm really excited, all right. Uh, so well, number one and number two seeds because the way the playoffs work this year, uh, the number one, and number two seed gets a bye, right? Yes,
0: yes, Kay.
1: yes, in each league, so for in the american league i have the blue jays as the number one seed and the astros as the number two seed In the national league i have the dodgers as the one seed and the braves as the two seed
0: i agreed with brendan on the national league with the dodgers and the braves but i flipped the one and two astros will be the top seed they will have home field through the american
1: league playoffs all right and now for our world series picks I have uh, Dodgers over the Blue Jays in six games.
0: We're giving those.
1: I just did that. Give me the
0: Dodgers Um, over the Astros in five.
1: Dodgers over the Astros in five. The Astros dynasty continues, honestly. Uh, That would mean that they would have won a sixth straight, or at least made a sixth straight ALCS.
0: Yes. That would. Wow. And that would be, they'd only have missed one, no, two, I'm sorry, two World Series in the last yes. six years.
1: 2020 and four
0: and, for and
1: That's it. Wow. Well, is that it, LJ?
0: I believe that is all.
1: Well, happy opening day, everybody. Hopefully you get to listen to this uh, on opening day. And um, we'll see you tomorrow with uh, some game recaps. We'll be talking about all the uh, news and highlights, everything that went down on opening day. But until then, uh, we'll see you. See ya. you